now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. It is a good day in the neighborhood because after what feels like a very long time, but since he forgot, probably not as much to him, I am back with Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. This is a proper DDT wrestling. Doc, how's it going? I've missed you. You know, uh... It just, it feels so good. It feels so good. I agree. How was your vacation? My vacation was lovely. Um, The island on which I traveled, uh, which shall remain nameless, although people can figure it out, I'm sure, because I didn't get on a plane, (laughs) and there's not that many islands (laughs) that one would want to stay at for a week. But anyways... Um, I had a lovely time. Uh, The weather was great. I was within walking distance of a a town with lovely shops and restaurants. The sailing was fantastic. It was was just a... Did you actually go sailing? No. But I wanted to use... I wasn't sure if you were yanking my crank on that I wanted to use the phrase... I like the cut of your jib, and since that is actually a sailing term, I figured I would mention sailing. But as your disbelief in my ability to sail is probably (laughs) well-founded. Fair enough. That's what I suspected, but I I just, I wanted to be sure. I I wanted to make sure that DC Matthews is still the same DC that I know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I would have sunk the boat (laughs) within five minutes. (laughs) So GQ's comment about being the anchor um, might have been correct. I won't say he's wrong. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited at the notion that our friend GQ, who to the neighborhood, no one has any idea what we're talking about, but our mutual friend no. GQ, who is a wrestling fan um, <clears throat> that I have known since high school... Uh, Doc has known since college. Uh, he was my friend first. Then Doc stole him away uh, to to the it's point true. where they were out at a brewery last week. Oh, not just a brewery, the, several, oh, several breweries. breweries. Well, that's lovely. And, oh, yeah. and you know, I always can tell that they're hanging out because my phone doesn't ring. <laughs> well, in all fairness, we do frequently talk about you, but we don't think you'd want to accompany us. On a brewery tour, um, we went to a one brewery with you and Hart. 
in a uh, capital city. You can say the name once. of the capital city. It's fine. <laughs> it was in Hartford. And, I don't think anyone's going uh, like, to uh, be able to track us down based on the brewery. We I seem to remember you <clears throat> sitting there being like, can we leave now? No. And I had to be like, they have a giant pretzel, DC. Do you want to eat the giant pretzel? And you said, I'll stay for the giant pretzel. That's how I remember that afternoon. And can I tell you? It was a good pretzel. It was, it was, it was a pretty a good, good pretzel. pretzel. I'm not going to deny it. I, I don't do cheese sauce with my pretzel. I enjoy a pretzel pure. But uh, it, was a good, okay. it was a good pretzel. So I'm all right with that. But I'm excited that he, he might be joining us on a future DDT wrestling. Now, you said you had a topic you wanted to start the show with. Well, before we get to that, okay. though, on the topic of GQ, real quick. He did mention that... If possible, he'd like to get all three of us together to record that podcast. Yes, absolutely. He thinks that it would be excellent to do it all in the same I, room. So you, the <clears throat> ball is in your court, DC. Tell me when. Tell me when. Tell me when. I'll I considered see. the merits of just driving to your house tonight and just being there when you got home from work, sitting outside. That'd be fine. <clears throat> I would welcome you well, with open there arms. There we go. I appreciate that. So, it, or, or, okay. or in other words. Oh, no, wait. I thought that was going to say cool, cool. <laughs> I, I hate you already. Um, so, yes, I do have a great introduction for this show today. Uh, and it's starting, right? Let's see, Uh-oh. right? About now. Okay. I'm nervous. Okay, how does this work? Um, okay. Now, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to minimize that over here, just so you're safe. Um, I don't know. If you have Twitter available to you, you might want to check out my feed. Are you periscoping? I am periscoping. I am periscoping live on a podcast that people are going to hear after <laughs> this show is over. So, retroactively, you're going to be able to go back to my periscope and see... I don't know. You're going to see my command station, first of all. So there's there's the podcast recording right there. Can you see this yet? Have you gone on to... I don't know if you can click through and watch it on your computer uh, or not, but... There's so a that's... delay, which is hilarious, because I'm watching you via Skype move the phone, and then I'm watching <laughs> the Periscope, which is not moving, which was focused on the boxes of Twinkies that you had in the corner. Oh, yes. So now, that's, <clears throat> while that's you're pointing next. the camera at the Twinkies, right now I'm staring at Audacity. So, okay, all right. Well, so there's a whole bunch back and forth, but yes, that's the ultimate point of this periscope. Is um, so I'm really excited about Ghostbusters because I love Ghostbusters. I always have, and since we also like to talk about culinary confections on this podcast, um, I know in the past I've talked about pumpkin spice and I've talked about M and M's and and uh, candy corn and, and all that. So I was I was at um, Walmart just the other morning and I found Ghostbusters branded special edition limited edition Twinkies DC limited edition. I'm super excited about this. This is the white fudge marshmallow Twinkie, and this is a key lime slime Twinkie. I am a fan. Uh, I, I am a tried. fan of key lime. I think you should try one on the air. I'm going to try them both. Okay. On the air. Uh, this is going to be a live tasting. I don't know if anybody's actually watching my Periscope. Because uh, I don't it know says that I've ever Periscoped if, before. If the thing on the bottom with the number, I believe you have six viewers. 
That's amazing. Well, we're going to eat these. And now. by we, uh, you're going to get my live and by we, reactions. You mean you? Because well, you didn't yes. tell me or buy me Twinkies. Yes. Yeah, so I'm don't totally turn your to do phone. This. I'm just going to prop don't that up. Don't turn for a your second. phone. Don't. What do you mean? Don't when turn you it. turn your phone one way or the other, the screen changes and it goes from a nice wide screen to a narrow screen. Oh man! Wait. Well, we're way behind. So okay. Now I'm, I'm getting I'm gonna... a zoomed in picture right. of the key lime slime. All right. Well, I'm going to start with the key lime slime Twinkies because. Um, I think that's going to be the stronger flavor, and I just I want to be fresh for it. I want to know what the heck that <coughs> tastes like. All right, so there's the, there it is. You, you want to talk that's, about a metapod? That's you, what you can this already. Is. This is a metapod. What? We are periscoping <laughs> and podcasting. You can already see the green, like it's not even out of the package, <clears throat> and you can see the promise, the promise, DC, of green slime. Um, is that how they fill? Like, is that I, how they fill the Twinkies? They inject it three times at I, the bottom. I I, I imagine it's not like so, a Boston yes, cream be... donut. Oh yeah. Oh, you can even you can kind of make out. There's green. There's green on the twin. This is this this smells delightful. DC. This smells. It smells. It smells like a Twinkie. You're up to, you're up to nine. Green. You have nine viewers. I am loving this already. I am loving this already. DC. I mean, look at this. Who could not love a key lime slime? Twinkie. Okay, so I'm going to go in for a bite, and I'm going to let you know. All right. Mm, no bite. Hold on. Hmm. All right, so initial flavor profile mm-hmm, is definitely Twinkie. Uh, the cake, the cake is overpowering, and initially on the... um. Initially on, on on the tongue, it, it's it's definitely definitely twinky all up front, but oh, I throw it back. I'm just got my flavor in there. If you kind of if you kind of um swish it around a little bit on the back end, on the back end, you definitely get a hint of key lime, but but just a hint, just a hint. So you know, I think this is actually pretty successful because I was sort of worried. That it was going to be an overpowering key lime flavor, DC, and that is not the case. I don't know um, what's happening anymore. Do you think this is something that you would try? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and actually, mm. I would want an overpowering key lime flavor. If I'm going to eat a key lime turkey, I'm going to want significant key limeness. That, again, I mean, going back to the was... Boston cream donut, that's like when you get a Boston cream donut that doesn't have enough Boston cream, and you you find yourself very disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it had enough cream. It just it was a very, a very mild flavor. I mean, I'm gonna have to recommend those, but don't go into them believing that you're getting. Key so wine. you recommend you recommend? Um, I do though. It's still very flavorful. It tastes. Oh, okay. They come All right. recommend. That's a good sign. Okay, so. Then the next one we got here is this white fudge marshmallow. You're up to and you're I, up I to sixteen say, viewers. That's amazing. <clears throat> and you know that what the amazing. best you know the what the best just, part is that I'm just realizing. What's that? They can't hear me at all. Oh no, not at all. No, they have to listen to our podcast. So if you go on to iTunes or Podomatic or whatever your 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 uh, podcast thing of choice might be, uh, you're going to want to check out DDT Wrestling. On the next episode, they'll go live tomorrow morning. You'll be able to hear the other half of this conversation. Because <laughs> uh, as DC just told me in my mic and my headphone here, yes, you guys can't hear him, can you? You think I'm talking to 
to, to you think I'm a crazy person? Well, I mean, I am a crazy person because I'm periscoping about Twinkies. But okay, back to this. They can't hear that sound effect either. Oh my. Okay, so this is all okay. All right. Anyways, so I want to say this about the white fudge marshmallow Twinkies. I understand that Hostess would want to go all in on the Twinkies, right? They would want to brand Twinkies, Ghostbusters. I mean, I'm not so sure if the movie's going to do that well or not, but who cares? Um, you know, the Twinkies are their biggest brand. Of course they want to get the Ghostbusters onto the Twinkie brand. But you can't lie to me, Hostess. You can't lie to me. Look at this. This is not a Twinkie. Okay? This is a white fudge marshmallow chocodile. I know a chocodile when I see one, and that is what this is. Um, that said, though, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I, I love the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, so I'm just going to prop that boo up. Boo to Hostess for and... lying. Yeah, boo to Hostess for lying. Um, absolutely, DC. All right, so let's open this bad boy up here. And look at this. Look at this. You can't... It's 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 smaller like a Chocodile. It, it's in the non-clear cellophane wrap just like a Chocodile. This is, this is... This, to me, is not honest advertising, but, you know... Honest, I can't say. I mean, you look at the picture on the box, you know exactly what you're getting, right? I mean, that's that's a pretty good looking chocodile, Twinkie, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's a little cracked I like there. That you it's not I like expect. that you stopped showing it to me on the Skype screen. You're literally only doing it to your phone. <laughs> well, like I told you, this is going to be a great way to hijack the whole opening of the of the uh, podcast this week. But yeah, okay. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to have a good bite, and I'll, I'll let you know what I, what I think. Oh, that's good. That is good. That right there, that is that is fudgy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some good white chocolate flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I can confirm that the uh, the cream has a stronger marshmallow flavor. Yeah. In fact, I would say that the marshmallow flavor of the filling here is stronger than the key lime flavor you're getting in the other set of Twinkies. So if you're going for for flavor, truth in advertising here, mm-hmm, the white fudge marshmallow Twinkie is definitely definitely superior. I love the cross branding with Stay Puffed, the white. I think that's perfect. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, you know what? This is actually really tasty as well. Um, I think a couple points off because it's not a Twinkie, but they're going to have to get all those points back because... It is delicious. So, would you rec- if you this had to only delicious. recommend one of them, would you recommend the white fudge one over the key lime one? <clears throat> if I had to recommend only one, yeah, I think I'd have to go with the white fudge marshmallow Twinkie. I mean, the key lime is good, and obviously, if you're in it for the Ghostbusters, I mean, I know obviously Stay Puffed is awesome, but I mean, green slime in a Twinkie, I mean, that's, that is so Ghostbusters. That is so Ghostbusters. You can't beat that. You just, you can't. You cannot beat that. So, uh... All right, I won't. I won't delay this any longer because we're now. 15 no, minutes I have a question. Podcast. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you've just eaten two Twinkies. Okay. At what point uh, is it just culturally? Uh, how many Twinkies can a person eat before it becomes too many? Okay, so my podcast host in my ear here, he wants to know how many Twinkies can I eat in a sitting before it becomes too many? Uh, you know, culturally not acceptable. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say if I ate both boxes, that might be unacceptable. <clears throat> which would be a, which would but mean I feel a grand like total you, of how many? 
Well, that's 19. Because I want to point this out, actually, too. There, there's 10. There's 10 in the Key Lime Slime Twinkie. But there's only 9. Only 9 in the White Fudge Marshmallow Twinkie. That, that White Fudge costs okay. you. It so, costs you. 19 Twinkies is too many. But if you ate... If, I mean, if you had a really bad day, DC, I could see you having an entire box. Um, maybe not at this stage in my life, but you know. Because... Um, a yeah. college student or something who doesn't know how to Because, you know, have um, you ever eaten an entire box of Pop-Tarts? Have I ever eaten an entire box of Pop-Tarts? I want you to answer this first. Yes. And again, not you in this have. stage okay. of my life. And I'd like to point out that there's only six no. in there. We're not talking nine or ten Twinkies. <laughs> uh, I suppose. But no, no, I've never eaten an entire box of Pop-Tarts in a sitting. Am I missing out? Uh, it depends on your view of Pop-Tarts, which might need to be saved for a different show. But... It, mm. All right. Know. They can't hear you, DC, so I'm, I'm going to end the Periscope broadcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on this first Periscope broadcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, this, this flavor testing of the Ghostbusters exclusive Key Lime Slime Twinkies and the White Fudge Marshmallow Twinkies as much as I did uh, recommended. Definitely get out there. Uh, Walmart, I believe, is an exclusive partner on these. So if you want these, you're going to have to get out there uh, to your local Walmart and pick those up. All right. Stop and broadcast. You know what we're... I had 43 live viewers. You know what we're going to need to do? 43? Are you, know you what kidding? what we're going to need to do. I saw. I was watching. How did that happen? I think that's like... <clears throat> and how do I... Was nobody talking at me? Because I couldn't see oh, like, a chat. Is I saw chat? somebody talking at you, but she lives in your house. I couldn't see that. I have no idea how that worked then. Oh, I've received 11 comments. But how do I... This is the best show we've how ever done. How would I do that? <clears throat> well, like I told this you... This is the best This was totally going to go off the rails. I told you done. I was going to hijack this show with an opening segment... All right. All right. So we are, however, um, at some point, that... going to need to. Um, it's going to cost a lot of money, but I think we need to do an Oreo taste test. Okay. I- I'll be honest with you. I wasn't intending to get the Twinkies. I've been looking for Ecto Cooler for like two mm-hmm. weeks now. All I wanted was high C Ecto Cooler, and I stumbled upon these Twinkies, and I couldn't pass it up. Um, so anybody out there in the neighborhood, if you've got Ecto Cooler. And you want to mail it to me, you let me know, because I can't find it. I've gone to, like, two Walmarts, a ShopRite. I've been looking on Amazon. Like, it's just... I've heard some rumors that some people have found it at Target recently, but they weren't one of the initial partners. Um, But I will say I've checked the Target for it, and I I couldn't find it at two different Targets. So, I mean... I'm all out of ecto-cooler ideas. Hopefully it goes more widespread once the movie gets closer to opening. We're two weeks um, out. The movie comes seems out like it's on a hot 15th, commodity. So. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, and there's a, there's a documentary about the original uh, movie going live on Netflix on the 15th as well called Ghost Heads. And I've heard good buzz about that documentary. So any Ghostbusters fans out there, July 15th on Netflix, Ghost Heads, look it up. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it myself. Well, all right. Um... I don't have a great way to segue here. <clears throat> well, in all fairness, I didn't tell you what I was going to do. So <laughs> No, and I think that's part of what makes the show <clears throat> great. Let's let's cover a little business. Let's get all of the non wrestling discussion out of the way first. 
I wish I, I wish I could figure out how to look at, com- you f- at, at I will comments, talk for a while though. if you would like to try to figure out how to do comments. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I think it's good for so now. So I, I did want to thank you. I don't know if I did this earlier, but uh, thank Mrs. Manson for me for filling in, doing an excellent job <clears throat> on the second edition of the Manson Family podcast. I think I saw her agree on Twitter that that could be a monthly thing. Uh which she is good, because next week will technically be July, and um, I, I'll be on vacation again. But, um... <laughs> hey, big, big news happened the second I left. So I'm assuming that when I go up to the North Woods next week, uh, big news will happen again. Probably. Uh, but anyways, uh, so you also heard our DDT Top 10 on the NAI Network. We are proud members of the NAI Network. I encourage you to go and subscribe. Uh, I also would encourage you to keep your eye on ProWrestlingTees.com be- because, wow. and I'm talking to them, not necessarily you, but I could talk to you too. Uh, I'm going to have another time. You go for it. You do it up. Hopefully, by the time this hits... Oh! oh yeah. It's there. It's it's there. No should, I, should I open if up If you go browser? to ProWrestlingTees.com, I love that it's happening right now. Uh, the DDT Wrestling t-shirt is now available on ProWrestlingTees.com. Where would I go? I would type... What's the uh, uh, address? I'm going to tweet it out right now, so... We'll say it here. ProWrestlingTees.com well. slash related slash new age insiders slash DDT hyphen wrestling dot HTML. <clears throat> I see. That seems complicated. Uh, yeah. That's why I would just. <clears throat> if you go look for new age insiders, if you do a Google search for new age insiders DDT wrestling, you will see that our shirt is is now available the logo that Doc Manson did. Oh, you, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash new age insiders oh. and it'll take you at least to their page and you can see okay. it listed there. I did not know that, but it is there. It is in ice gray, which I enjoy. That is a hot looking I'm going to buy one. <clears throat> Wait, we have to buy our I own I don't know shirts? how that works, but I'm going to buy one because I can donate $20 to our own cause because we get a little bit of that back. So really, I'm kind of in... <clears throat> Do we? I believe so, though. Mrs. Matthews asked if we need to register as an LLC in order to get the money back, and that was a question I wasn't able to answer. So I have to talk to uh, the expert, Bill Neville, about it. But it is a great day. It is a banner day in DDT Wrestling history because our t-shirt is available our 8-bit logos I don't know when I got red hair but that's okay um, well it's not, I don't know your hair isn't to me like classic. no brown. I suppose that's true there's, there's a blondness there there's a blondness and some would say a redness to it so uh, I now have to tweet about this that is a hot looking shirt right there I don't want to be one to toot my own horn after spending 20 minutes doing <laughs> Twinkies on this podcast. But, uh, that is a good-looking t-shirt, I'm folks. very excited. So, hopefully... That is a good-looking logo. Somebody who knew what they were doing was Yes, indeed. That. And I believe uh, Pro Wrestling Tees is having a sale. I think it's 20... I think it's a 20% sale? off. So you can get it for not nineteen ninety nine. You can get it for uh, probably about... 16. Whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
Sure. Don't make me do math. I'm on summer vacation. <laughs> and do I don't, your math. And Am I, I don't right? teach my uh, students percentages. They're too young. Okay, but anyways, <clears throat> um, that third Twinkie was delicious. <laughs> I, let's let's take a bet. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna say it in my head. I'm actually gonna write it down. I'm gonna write down the number of Twinkies that I think you are gonna eat on the course of this show. And by the end of the show, we'll see whether or not we're right. And we will be able to tell what kind of fans we have because we are now 24 minutes in, and we still we have talked about Twinkies and how great we are. That has been the topics of this show. <laughs> Uh, we were talking. Uh, yeah, maybe we should get to some wrestling. Real we quick. were talking about the NAI network, and I was hoping uh, that you all subscribe, and hopefully you enjoyed our DDT top ten. Got a lot of great feedback on the DDT top ten, but what we got a lot of great feedback on the what we have top decided. 10. Doc and I decided this about um, hmm, uh, two minutes ago. Two minutes before we started recording. I'm really going to stop tweeting, I swear, but I'm excited about the t-shirt. Um, <clears throat> the podcast for the, our, our Saturday podcast is officially now called A Private Earful. That's just it. Uh, Jason Maltoff and, and the NAI yeah, po- pod boys are just going to have to get used to that. And they said they didn't have a problem with it. Um, oh, thank, <clears throat> thank, thankful. And uh, <laughs> not only is it going to be A Private Earful, we're not going to pick a topic. Necessarily, You will not hear a top ten show each and every week. Uh, it's going to depend on the week, uh, because especially since we're almost half an hour in, I imagine one of these topics is going to need to get bumped to a separate show. So we will have a separate show, a private earful this weekend, will feature us discussing something. Uh, we have an idea for a new top ten, but we don't want to ruin all the great top ten-ness now. Um, so we'll save that, and we might talk about something else entirely. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Roman Reigns. Maybe we'll talk about uh, the oh, I talked about Roman the Reigns handling already. of the triple threat match on Raw. Maybe we'll just talk about all the positive things from Raw because I really enjoyed that show. Either way. Either way, uh, be on the lookout for a brand new Private Earful coming to you this Saturday uh, on the NAI Network. Hope you checked out Rant with Ant. Hope you check out Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company. I hope you checked out Maltov in the Morning. Late Night Liam's on later tonight. Nope. You didn't listen to Maltov in the Morning? I did not. I heard that um, he had a guest on or something that I wasn't really interested in hearing their opinion. Which is sad because so. I tuned into NAI Pod last week. Not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before that, because I heard that you were going to be a guest, and I really wanted to hear your opinions. You son of a biscuit. Was, did, out of curiosity, was Molotov in the morning no, live? we recorded it Sunday night. Oh, okay. I was oh, all okay, for okay. doing a morning show actually in the morning, but uh, Jason enjoys his sleep more than I do. Fair enough. All right, Fair but enough. let us talk about wrestling now that we are really close to the 30-minute mark. Um... I don't know if you've had the time to listen to all of the NAI-affiliated podcasts, and it's okay if you haven't. I've had summer vacation. You have not. Uh, But something was mentioned on both um, NAI Pod and Rant with Ant, and I want to take umbrage with it as respectfully as I can. Uh, But I want to know your feedback first. Uh, First of all, Hmm. it's no secret. You and I, Doc... Love us some corporate cane. Oh yeah, 
Corporate Kane. Did you enjoy Corporate Kane's appearance with Stephanie and The Miz on Raw this past Monday? Okay. Yes, I did. Good. Let's let's establish that. The part where he was reading the statuettes yes. to Miz. Article G three dash five. That was perfect. Exactly what I want from Corporate Kane. Now do that all the time. Here's where things diverge a bit. I want to be nice about this because there was a couple of moments where I was I was getting a little angry about it. Both. I, I just want to say up front, I, I have not heard the discussion fine. about this. So I'm, I'm going in Both Pod and Rant with Ant took WWE to task because they think they wasted a golden opportunity um, having Demon Kane answer that, be the mystery opponent to wrestle The Miz. Now, I don't want to talk about the match. The match itself was not very good, and that's a separate issue. What I want to talk about is the whole idea that the opponent for The Miz on Monday could have been anybody other than Demon Kane? And I'm going to say this, and I say this with love to all who felt that way. If you honestly, for a fraction of a second, thought that it was going to be anyone other than Demon Kane, shame on you for getting your hopes way higher than they needed to be. That was as stereotypical a WWE story as possible. The writing was so evident on the wall. It was in like 72-point font. There was no one else that was going to be that opponent except for Demon Kane. How did you feel about it? Um, similarly, but I can't say that I would begrudge anyone or, or, or put shame upon those who had hoped for something else. Um, I don't think it's wrong to have wished that someone else answered that particular call. Um, but to your point, yeah, that's that's exactly what you thought was going to happen, at least what I thought was going to happen. So... Now- I can't say now, I was now upset I get with it. it. It's, you know, this whole idea that it's, you know, Ant made a great point. It's a new era. Don't show me it's a new era by featuring 46-year-old Kane. I do get that. And had it been <clears throat> Neville or Finn Balor or Apollo Crews or any of them, I would have been surprised. And I enjoy being surprised in the world of professional wrestling. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it was just so obvious what was going to happen, especially since Miz and Kane were kind of going back and forth in that backstage segment, so it would make total sense for Kane to be the opponent. So, you know, again, I just... and I have zero problems with Kane. Uh, I think he belongs in the new era. I think there's plenty of guys from the previous eras who belong in the new era. They have a purpose um, in the current product. And I don't have a problem with these guys showing up and doing business. I think Kane is being used... Now, You know, people are worried that he's going to have a prolonged feud with The Miz that's going to take him into Battleground. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they're using Kane as you know, an occasional guy who's going to show up very briefly. The amount of time he was on our screen on Monday was not that long. 
Um, you know, he'll wrestle now and then, and then they're going to let other people tell the majority of the stories. There is no, at least right now, thankfully, there is no authority. So we're not going to see Kane show up in three or four segments or in a main event match, as far as I know. In this instance, again, I had no problem with it. I thought the storytelling made sense, and it was, you know, people were just being, you know, taking them to task and, you know, taking them out to the woodshed and getting a switch and all those other metaphors and analogies and things. And I just thought it was it was a little silly to think WWE would do anything other than that. All right. Okay. So this was a big thing to you? This was a thing that people were upset about in the neighborhood they this week? They spent... A, the NAI Pod boys devoted a good amount of time to talking about this. Um, Ant I only listen, I listened to half Ant of devoted um, an entire show, segment of his show it to it. I I just I think okay. they made it into such a big deal that I felt like I had to say something about it because I I just I if you were expecting something else I I feel like we we raise our own expectations because of social media because we're allowed to spend hours upon hours if we wish tweeting and thinking and you know p- thinking about wrestling and planning out wrestling and booking in our heads what we'd like to see our expectations are so high that when WWE presents us with a fairly competent and put together storyline that didn't take up too much time we get unnecessarily angry at it because it wasn't what we would have done in our heads and I feel, you know, so maybe I'm getting unnecessarily angry about them getting unnecessarily angry but it just feels like you know, stop expecting Finn Balor to show up he is not going to, someone even said you know, oh, I would have loved it to see Finn Balor be the demon protege of Demon Kane. no you wouldn't if Finn Balor came out no, and formed a tag team with Kane, Wait, I don't remember. That? Somebody tweeted about it and was like, "Well, that would have been preferable." And I'm like, "Maybe." And then people would have people would have mocked it and made fun of it and criticized it up down. And I honestly, the thing that people would have said is that Finn Balor doesn't need that kind of introduction. Yes. You know what I mean? He doesn't need that sort of mentorship. Um, they would have been insulted yes. by it, I think. Well, and this is the problem, um, I think, that you're going to run into with a debut for Finn Balor. Unless he's either with the club, against the club, or in the main event scene, people are going to be disappointed with his debut. <clears throat> you yeah. know, and I, again, part of it is the fact that Finn Balor likes to troll pictures. You know, on Monday, he posted a picture. He was obviously backstage at Raw, so people were expecting him to do something. And again, not anybody's fault, you know. Takeover, right before WrestleMania, uh, so Dallas, I guess, there was this buzz about him finishing up an NXT, going to the main roster. Since then, whatever buzz I felt around that potential roster change has been lost. He has spent entirely too much time teasing it on Twitter, and I'm sure it still gets plenty of people riled up when he does any comments and whatever, but I pay zero attention to anything that that man has to say about anything anymore. He's a troll, and I'm not that engaged with him anyways, so you know what? Be in NXT, go to the main roster, I don't really care anymore. Uh, you've ruined whatever hype there was that I felt. And I, I admit it, I felt some around Dallas, and it's gone now. 
I, I don't I don't care where you are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, again, unless he is a top draft pick <clears throat> during the draft, and we still don't know. And maybe that's what they're waiting. I'm for, assuming. Right? I mean, maybe that he gets drafted on whatever it is, the 19th. <clears throat> I'm assuming that happens. I'm assuming he gets drafted. I'm assuming he's a relatively top pick. I'm assuming it's Shane's way of defining his brand is he's going to tend to pick <clears throat> some of these NXT types. Well, I will say that in the past, the draft was not the type of draft that you're thinking of. Uh, in the past, it would be just a um, big lottery ball, and they would spin it around and randomly choose a superstar. The next person picked is going to Raw. The next person picked that's is going not to a draft. They would actually. Well, that's what they used to do for a draft. It was random. Well, supposedly. and if they're going to do that, <clears throat> I'm not saying they're going to do it. All I'm saying is they at least did that a couple of times when I was watching. Okay, but you know, um, and again, I, I talked about this on Maltov in the morning. I want Shane and Stephanie out there with clipboards. I want a Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews match, and I want them both out there scouting. I want them... That is not what you're going to get. <clears throat> they don't treat their product they, like a sport. Then they shouldn't they call don't. it a draft. Call it a lottery. You know, you're, call it call it a lottery. Call it the brand split. You don't even need to call it a draft. But when I think draft, I think Shane's in a room somewhere with a trusted advisor, and they're talking about picks, and they're making these hard decisions. Ugh. Well, that would explain why there hasn't been a lot of hype about this draft if it's just going to literally be, you know, one of those lottery balls and they're going to call out bingo numbers, essentially. That's essentially, like I tell you, that's what they used to do. There was this one draft, I remember, where, like, Triple H got drafted to SmackDown and then, like, overnight on WWE.com they announced that Triple H had been traded back to Raw in exchange for, like, nine superstars. It was literally like 12 hours of, oh, Triple H might be on SmackDown. And they said, nope, he's worth 12 people. So it was the most degrading thing I could possibly think of for those talents that got named on the other side of that. You were worth one-ninth of John Cena. Of Triple H. was it Triple H? Yeah. Sorry. You're you're worth 11% of Triple H. Wow. (laughs) Whatever, yeah. It's, Yeah. So that's what we have to look forward to in the draft, probably, because, once again, same people in charge. I'm not expecting anything different from this brand split. I really am not. But the podiums are now side by side. Doesn't that mean something? Nope. Uh, what did you think about Raw? Did you get to watch the whole thing? Mm, I don't know if I watched the whole thing. I might not have watched the match with uh, Styles and... Um, <clears throat> Ambrose. Ambrose. I don't think okay. I got to that. But what did you think of the parts of it that you saw? It was okay. Um, so, a couple of different things. I called last week, or on one of the pods, you weren't around. I said it would be really nice if they addressed the Roman Reigns thing on Raw. I said, basically, you know, we live in the reality era. Everybody knows that this has happened. You don't need a, was it, uh, kayfabe reason to get him off the air. You just need to go out there and you need to own it because everybody knows it anyways. And that's what they did. Um, and so to that, I, I think New Age Insiders, the part of the show I've listened to this week, they said the same thing. You know, props to WWE 
for doing that. And I agree. It wasn't something I expected, but I, you know, was on my wish list of, boy, it sure would be nice. Um, but then my, my problem that I had with it, I think somebody voiced it. I can't remember if it was Liam or Bill. But somebody basically said, I would have preferred that Vince McMahon came out and addressed it, or Triple H, or Stephanie. It did not seem appropriate to me for Seth Rollins to be the one who addressed it, especially because Seth Rollins said, they told me not to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. That was stupid. It was a dumb way to frame it within the storyline. They should have, if they were going to go with it, they should have just fully embraced it. They should have had an authority figure come out and say, he was suspended, he won't be on Raw, and he won't be in the triple threat at Battleground. They should have gone all the way with it. Um, basically, them saying that, yes, you're going to be absent for the entire build, but you still get to be in a championship match, that just makes that... When you talk about things that hurt the company, I think that hurts the company. Um, Roman Reigns getting suspended doesn't hurt the company. It shows their wellness policy is in place, and they're operating, and they take it seriously. But... Now to go back to that talent and say, okay, yeah, you messed up, but we're so invested in you being the next big thing that we're not going to let it displace our plans to have you in a championship match for even a month. To me, that just says they are being bullheaded about the entire situation, and it makes me take them Mm -hmm. a little less seriously, that they're willing to reward somebody who has done something worthy of suspension. Um, that's, again, I don't remember who said that, but I, I think I agree with that <clears throat> sentiment. I agree with the last so. part. The whole idea that he is still in a tight, you know, <clears throat> I don't think there's a chance he's going to win the title, but just the idea that he's... Oh, uh, can you imagine? That's what I'm saying. Can I don't you think imagine if there's a chance. I think, I honestly think Ambrose retains. If, you know, and again, we're still... A couple of weeks out, I don't know necessarily that anything's going to change booking-wise, but you never know with WWE. Uh, but I, I, right now, looking at it from this distance, I, I think it Dean gets to retain. But um, I do think it sends a bad message. This is one time Laz and I don't always agree at Mile High Laz. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, he said it reflects poorly on the company, and he's absolutely right, it does. You know, they, they addressed it. Those are the decisions again that I think hurt the yeah. company. Those types. They, of well, decisions. they they uh, you know they addressed it relatively quickly in terms of getting him. Sus- you know, he was suspended. <clears throat> Do I think it hurts their bottom line? I'm, no, I'm not saying it hurts them. That yeah, from a PR standpoint, their financial standing, and it also probably yes, more importantly, yes. I think it hurts them in the back. You know, the locker room I think changes when now again. <clears throat> oh yeah, morale we don't has know to what go Roman through. Reigns did, and I don't think we're ever going to know what Roman Reigns did. But at the same time, you know, if you're a guy like Cesaro or a guy, even a guy like Jack Swagger or anyone like that who's been in the company for a while, who keeps fighting for their shot, and here's this guy who was getting this meteoric push, anyways, gets suspended for something, whatever it is, and then immediately gets the same spot back when he's done. Now, there are going to be people who say, you know, well, he did his time, you know, he served his suspension, he shouldn't, his career arc shouldn't necessarily be changed because of that, and I'm not suggesting he goes and wrestles, you know, Kalisto or anything like that, though that match would be pretty entertaining. Um, I just think 
it would make sense for him to get taken out of that. And I tweeted out something, uh, I think it was yesterday, you know, if they wanted, I don't know what they're trying to do with Roman Reigns. I would like to believe that he's going to turn heel because of this, but that's again, like I was saying with Kane, that's me raising my expectations on what I would like to see. And if he doesn't, I'm going to wind up disappointed and it's my own fault for thinking it. But, you know, if they wanted to get him at least some amount of popularity, he would take himself out of the match in some sort of, you know, I screwed up, I missed my chance, I'm going to have to get a new, you know, I'm going to have to make my own shot again, so I'm not going to wrestle in this match because I was suspended. The only reason why I don't like that is because it's all scripted. You know what I mean? If they do that, it's just telegraphing that they are going to do the rags to riches storyline with him again. We've been watching it for 18 months as of WrestleMania. I'm done with it. I I, I don't I don't I don't care that it has a basis mm-hmm. in the real world this time. They can't show me that storyline and expect me to keep watching. Mm. They well, just can't. And that's true. Well, they can. You just won't stop you just will stop watching. But they absolutely can. <clears throat> you know, I would like to see them put the brakes on a little bit. You've got a dominant U.S. champion in Rusev who is going to need a challenger after this feud with Titus O'Neil is over. Let Roman Reigns fight for a mid-card belt for two or three months before, you know, making his way back into the main event picture. <clears throat> if you took from now to Survivor Series, that's four or five months, and let him do something outside of the main event spotlight, I think you're going to wind up, the fans are going to change their opinion a bit. Now, I will say, the landscape in WWE is about to change, right? With the brand split, the draft, and all that. So, there exists the possibility that maybe the reasoning why they're keeping him in this triple threat match is because, you know, the Shield, the potential feud for the Shield, everybody said, oh, it should be at SummerSlam, it's this big thing. But they've been building this feud for these guys since they split them up, right? This is a big payoff for that long-running storyline. And it may be that backstage, they know where these people are going. They know which brands they're going to end up on. And based on their plans of splitting up pay-per-views, perhaps they're looking at it and they're saying, it doesn't. we can't push this back any further. It has to happen at Battleground because these guys are going to be on different brands and we can't have our very first pay-per-views for the brand split having guys from multiple brands come together to have a match. It's going to confuse and dilute um, mm-hmm. our branding. So maybe they, they feel like promotionally they're between a rock and a hard place. They're about to have this major categorical shift for their product and they have to get this match out there to get that payoff out there. I mean, maybe that's someone's reasoning in the back. And if that's the case, I mean, okay, yeah, I can see it. I think it. that's fair. Um, <clears throat> What's interesting, and I just looked this up, the draft is July 19th. Battleground is July 24th. So it's post-draft, so, technically. I think July 19th is the very first live SmackDown. And then five days after that, it's interesting the way this all falls. 
you know, I don't know what the reasoning was besides deciding when to book things and all of that kind of stuff. But it is interesting that they would, you know, they would have a pay-per-view right after a draft because all of these feuds, assuming, I'm assuming, are going to have to end because I'm guessing most of these people are going to wind up on different rosters. Uh, The writing seems on the wall that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to get drafted to separate rosters based on what we saw Monday with the highlight reel. Um, So, you know, but I think you're right. I think that is it. I didn't have a problem with Rollins addressing the suspension. I'm glad somebody did. Would I have liked to... I just thought it was really goofy. Would I, the way they would I have liked to see Vince McMahon out there doing it? Yes. Would I have liked to see Stephanie McMahon out there doing it? No, because it's Stephanie McMahon. And to be honest, you wouldn't have liked that either. If Shane had come out and done it, no. that would have been fine. Um, you know, like they said on NAI Pod, I appreciated that Seth Rollins took this situation. What I noticed about it is this situation, they made it seem like old news and not that big of a deal. You know, they addressed the situation, but it kind of happened because all of a sudden John Cena and AJ Styles are out there maybe becoming part of it. it. Roman Reigns kind of faded into the background, which, to be fair... Can I ask you a question? When it became clear they were putting together matches for the possibility of a fatal five-way, did you ever once think that that was going to possibly when the, happen? When the opening of Raw began... I began tweeting out that this would be the absolute perfect time to do an Elimination Chamber match because <clears throat> there's never been a fatal five-way in history, and I don't think there ever will be. Um, I think two-man match is good, three's fine, four's okay, and after that you got to go to six. It's part of the reason why I, I didn't finish Raw, and you know when you asked me what I thought about you knew Raw... Because you, you knew what was going to happen. They, they did... It was... Yes, they set up a poor storyline to carry me through Raw this week. I will say, Raw felt different. It felt, to me, better. Good, um, to some degree. Uh, But at the same time, the storylines they were telling, I said, well, I know how this is going to play out. So, catch you next week, guys? I don't know. I thought that was kind of disappointing. Again, the writing was kind of on the wall. I I think they could have, you know, if you had... Involved Jericho in some way, since right now he has nothing to do with Battleground. <clears throat> you had six guys. Could have done a silly a six chamber, way. A chamber match would have been fine. You could have done, you know, some sort of. They used to do like an Armageddon cell match. When you, you could have found a way to. Silly six way. You, I just did, got you, that. you just heard it. I, I just. It just kind of caught up with me. <laughs> oh, Doc Manson. You clever monkey. Um, I keep looking at Twitter. That's the other thing. Yeah, I keep seeing it. people retweeting that we have a shirt. Uh, but yes, I thought a chamber match would have been an intriguing way to go about it. Then you could have also thrown New Day versus the Wyatts in there in a you know tag team chamber match, which I've always thought would be interesting. Um, but at the same time, again, I didn't mind Rollins doing it. I liked the way he made it all about him which works for the character. I don't like that he's a heel right now, but I'm enjoying the work he's doing. He and Cena put on another excellent match. I enjoyed that match. Uh, I thought there were a lot of good matches. You know, I wanted this to be a promoting positivity uh, show because Raw, I thought, was better than a lot of people thought. 
you know, but it was flawed. Was I'm sorry, but it was. Flawed. Oh, it was. A, I don't know the when was the last time you saw a perfect Raw, besides maybe the one where Shane came out. Yeah, a couple of those. You know what I mean? And even those aren't necessarily perfect. It's just a couple the of the shows of was, where Shane was there after WrestleMania were very good. Yeah. I wouldn't call them perfect, but well, they were very good. nothing's perfect if you want to get pedantic about yes. it. Well, and, and, there were, and there were flaws, but I don't think the flaws detracted too, too much um, from the show. The matches were good. Like I said, Rusev and Titus is a feud I'm enjoying, which I didn't expect to. Yeah. I thought they... I just, I I, I just can't shake the, the, the feeling that you know what's going to happen there. Well... And I think I think Rusev makes sense to be the champion. This is the problem when you declare a draft so far in advance. Rusev makes sense to be that champion in whatever brand he gets drafted or lotteried to. I'm so mad about that now. Maybe they'll do it differently. Maybe they'll so. do it differently. I don't think they will, because now that you've mentioned that, I'm like, that probably explains why they haven't said a word about it. What if they did it based off of the WWE.com power rankings? Did you see the WWE.com has a fantasy draft now where you can actually draft your own brands? I have not looked at it, no. And, like, you know, they, they have superstars who come up and you decide what brand they belong on. Well, maybe they will do it differently. Maybe they're going to take a cue from all these fantasy leagues that have been going on now. They could They could cover this a lot like a mainstream sporting event and, you know, they could have a draft night special on WWE I think they'd WWE be very Network. smart to do so. Um <clears throat> I mean, the way they're being covered by ESPN these days, the more they emulate some of that sports formatting, I think the more successful they're going to be in their publicity that they garner through those avenues. So, I would like to see it. I'm worried I'm going to wind up disappointed. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can about it. Uh, Have we talked about Brock Lesnar? In what way? The fact that he's going to fight at UFC again? I don't know if we've talked about that on this show. When did that break? A while ago, and I don't care. No? I think that's what we talked about. Is I, I think I said, I don't particularly care all that much. If you want to save it for our private earful this week, we could do a Brock Lesnar edition of the private earful. I've heard you've got um, some other ideas for the private I, earful. Well, and, and, but again, I don't know how much you want to talk about Roman Reigns. I have another Roman Reigns topic. I'll talk about Roman Reigns all night long. Well, let's. Well, what would you like to do? Because I have I have a topic on John Cena. Uh, I have a topic on Dean Ambrose. I think we've talked about the how they handled the triple threat. Um, we could do an entire show about how I enjoy the Alberto Del Rio face turn that's kind of happening. Uh, no. Uh, nope. No. No. Thank you. Uh, we could do an entire show about how I was more impressed with Dana Brooke on Raw than I've ever been about Dana Brooke ever in my life. That's what I'm talking about. She was better. Yeah, sure. She had she had a move that I thought was cool. She did the handstand foot choke thing, which I was like, okay, I don't think I've ever seen that before. You know who I'm so, less impressed with on a weekly basis? Who? Natalia, Becky Lynch, Charlotte... I'm hoping the entire women's division, not the individual talents, but the division as a whole, I am becoming I am, less excited about. 
I enjoyed that they told two stories. That was one of the... If you had listened to Maltov in the morning, you would know that one of my keys to Raw was to be able to tell two separate stories, and they did so, and I thought that tag match was pretty good. I, you know, I gave it a chance rather than skipping through it, which is what I would normally do. Sure. I thought it was decent. Okay. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I'll be interested to see how the draft or the lottery changes things for, you know... The women's division going- has to end up on one show, right? Does the tag division wind up on the other show? How is it fair to give a women's belt, you know, if if SmackDown winds up with the world t- or the the heavyweight title, the US title and the women's title and uh, their own tag team title, it wouldn't be fair for one show to have four belts and one show to have three. Then you bring back Do the Divas own- title. Cuz in all fairness, only- there are a lot of women's talent that we haven't I, seen in some time. I could see them time. coming out all you need to do is take the women's belt and make the back plate blue. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to wind up seeing with this new world heavyweight title. Do you think, and we're going all over the place here, do you think we're going to walk out of Battleground with two of the three members of the Shield laying claim to a world title? Yeah. Wouldn't that make sense? Of course we are. Yes. I, I just... You know, or it's going to be two out of three falls, and whoever wins one becomes one champ. You know, but because again, yes, we will leave battleground with with the draft with the draft happening five days before battleground. These guys are going to be on two shows. They're going to need a heavyweight champion. Yeah, I don't know how. I, I'm getting frustrated because the more we talk about it, the more I feel like this was not thought out properly. This has been written since they announced it, DC. You think they've they've known what they were going to do since? Because I, I I just feel like I don't think it's well executed. We have so but many I feel questions. Like they, we have so many questions of things we want to know. I still don't know what Takeover the End was about. I still don't know what that means, DC. I still don't know what that means. It was and that was the a month end ago now. of. <clears throat> Triple H said he considered it a brand. I think it was it was. It was something that got people talking. Again, Triple H is a troll himself when he wants it to. It got people talking, but it meant nothing. And now we're talking about a draft that everybody's talking about, and in the end it means nothing, because they're randomly going to select people on different rosters, and they're just going to tell the same stories they've always told. The end. See you later. Goodbye. You're harshing my buzz, Doc Manson. Sorry. I don't, I'm not a fan of the brand split. I've been pretty. I I keep trying to give them the benefit of the doubt about the brand split, so that we can. (laughs) But that's how I feel. Okay. (laughs) Accidentally hit that button. Oh, by the way, this is sort of an aside, but uh, I'm gonna put it out here on the podcast because if there are other members of the neighborhood that might find this interesting, um. So there is an online television service called Sling TV. And it's $20 a month. There's other you know, packages that are a little bit more. But just today, added to their $25 a month tier, the blue tier on Sling TV, you can now get El Rey Network and USA Network. Are you canceling so, the cable? So... Um, 
we're canceling cable. There is no reason for me to pay $70 a month for cable when the only things I watch literally are on USA Network and El Rey TV, and I can get both of those now live for $25 How does one use Sling TV? Because I, I, I'm going back and forth on this PlayStation View thing, which is $30 a month. But $25 a month would... I'm not, I'm not a, a math genius, but it would be... Same cheaper. basic thing. It's an app that you need. Um, this app exists on the Xbox, which is what I have. You'd have to check to see if it's available on PlayStation. It probably is. Um, and it's an app. But I will say, I believe PlayStation View has more channels than this has. Um, but again, to me, it's not about which channels. It's about specifically... Getting USA and El Rey. Uh, apparently, Sling TV kind of is Xbox's PlayStation View. So, well, it's not owned by Microsoft, is the thing. It's owned by Dish Network, so it is a third-party thing. Oh. Is Sling TV on PS4? I'll have to go read these articles later because it's not just. But, Fair enough. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad because, you know, and I'll tell you, you won't have a hard time. You know, I had read lots of horror stories about you go to cut cable and people, you know, try to give you the runaround and put you on hold for a while. We called and said we were going to cancel cable. And the guy I talked to was like, all right. We called when we were moving and we were like, yeah, we were wondering because we've been customers, you know, for the last six years, our we haven't had anything bundled since, like, four years ago. Like, we're moving. When we move, like, can you bundle anything for us, like, to reduce our monthly bill? And they're like, well, yeah, you can get TV, internet, and telephone for $150 a month. And I was like, well, we don't want the telephone. And that's pretty much already what we pay. So you're, you're, you're going to add on the telephone, which I don't want, and charge me the exact same amount of money? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So what can you offer me for just internet and cable? And he said, the only thing I can offer you is $150 a month. And I was like, that's already what we pay. So you can't offer me anything? And he was like, no, that's it. And I was like, all right. Uh, fine. And we got, you know, to take the, the internet and the cable TV installed here. Um, but... Yeah, I know that the internet cost is going to go up to $80 a month when I cancel mm-hmm. TV. But that's why I'm saying essentially I pay so I'm going to I'm going to it's $80 for internet cuz that's what the internet's really worth regardless of what they're claiming in their bundle speak. It's $80 a month cuz that's what's going to cost after I cancel cable. And so $150 means I've been paying $70 a month for cable. And given the fact that I only watch wrestling, literally that's the only thing I watch on television, uh I have no use for it. So if I can spend $25 instead, I am going to do that. Um, and I'll let you know next week All right, how that Excellent. goes. Um, I do think we should save Brock Lesnar for a private earful this week. We can, you know. It's the last chance. We can still call it 10 deep in the ear. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Privately 10 deep in the ear. Private, wouldn't it be privately 10 full in the ear? No, no, no. Ten deep. Ten what deep? Inches. Hold on, I gotta find a ruler. Uh... <laughs> Are you uncomfortable? Yeah. It's summer. It's summer. Yeah. Being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, have you heard the latest report that uh, by order of Triple H, 
Roman Reigns had to go around and apologize to every member of the WWE locker room before being sent home last week. I'd like to believe that Zack Ryder just hid in the parking lot so that Roman Reigns couldn't leave. He just had to spend all nights searching around the entire arena. He had like a, he had like a trying checklist. Trying to find Zack. And he's like, all right, I talked to yes. Sasha. I talked to Kofi. I found uh, Sin Cara. Where is that Zack Ryder? Zack, it isn't funny! <laughs> Ooh-ah! I just like to imagine him being I, very frustrated. So did you hear the report? What are, what are your thoughts? I did. I, I, saw I have just to believe that this is somewhat true. My guess yeah, I'm sure is it's Roman had to apologize to the whole locker room. I'm guessing the word individually did not actually happen. No, I'm guessing he not. had to stand probably up in not. front of the locker room before SmackDown, say, I failed the wellness policy, I've been suspended, I'm really sorry I let everybody down. But I own it, because I'm a man. Not own it. No. The, the guy. man. Oh, right. Seth Who's Rollins the is the man, and Dean Ambrose is the dude. Ambrose is the dude. Uh, if they keep going on with this, I, I'm not sure that I can watch any of their products. With the guy, the man, and the dude? Yeah, I, I, I can't. All right, I can, right I can now. This. Right now, two or three weeks out, which two get drafted to the same roster? The three of them are not winding up on the same roster. Which two wind up together? If you'd asked me before the suspension, I would have said Rollins and Reigns were okay. together. But now? Now, I think it could go the other way. I think they could punish Reigns and put him on the B show, which is you know obviously SmackDown. I think Rollins and Ambrose... Regardless of what they say. I think the Rollins and Ambrose get drafted together, or at least they wind up on the same show. And that's more so that they can continue to... They're, I think we're going to wind up looking around, and besides maybe John Cena, I think Roman Reigns' competition is going to be a whole lot less on whatever show he winds up on. It'll be easier for him to be the guy if he doesn't have to wrestle the man or the dude. Do you think Dean Ambrose said. goes bowling? Yes. I, I think so, too. I'm sure of it. He I looks so like too. a bowler. Um... Speaking of Dean Ambrose, do you have anything more to say about Roman Reigns' apology? I don't. I think it's true. It sounds like something Triple H would do, but I don't think he had to go, you know, seek out. I was going to say Hornswoggle. Nope, it sounds fine to me. And frankly, when you're in that position on the roster as the guy that they're clearly trying to build the company around for the next 10 years, um, again, we don't know what he did. It could have been something innocent. It could have been... He took a supplement online that had something in it that he wasn't aware of, and who knows, right? But, yeah, he let a lot of people down. That's all I can um, say. Here's my random aside. Uh, why should I care about the Bioshock games? Because they're excellent. Why? Bioshock was very subversive, uh, played with the medium in a way that was sort of unexpected of video games. You want to talk about, um, you know, Deadpool being an interesting character because of what he does to the medium. Um, Bioshock was very sort of revolutionary in that same way. Okay. 
So when I see that this Bioshock collection is going to be released on PS4, that's a good thing? I'd say so. Okay. I would say so. I don't know if you would I like just, it. I think I, you probably would think the first game was too scary. Hmm. Well, I just finished Saints Row 4, so I have to decide whether or not I'm going to play through that again. Or I have Call of Duty Black Ops, but I've never played games like that before. Good luck. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm like, there's no cheat codes. I, I, I don't do well in games with no cheat codes. All right. <clears throat> so I apologize in advance if there's a weird dead air there as we had some connectivity issues. Uh, Dean Ambrose wrestled seven matches in four nights. That's a bad idea. And so I had a couple of questions for you based on that. One of them is uh, what is too much? And Seven matches in four days is too much. And my second question is, um, does this prove that we actually do need two world heavyweight champions or two champions? No, it doesn't. Um, because how many shows in a row was Roman Reigns working? A lot, but he didn't, you know, Ambrose did double duty because Reigns was suspended. So Ambrose did two shows to kind of fill in the, that top name. On both. So, really, Roman Reigns should have especially apologized to Dean Ambrose. Um, but it's not. See, Dean Ambrose would be hiding in the trunk of a car or in oh. a giant present, and <laughs> Roman wouldn't be able present. to find him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I do think s- seven matches in four days is too much. I don't think I can put a number on what is too much. I think I ju- you just one of those things that you know it when you see it. Um, I think wrestling two shows a day is a lot. And, you know, the old school guys talk about doing that. You know, you would wrestle an afternoon show, you'd get in the car and drive an hour or two, and then you'd wrestle a nighttime show. In in today's day and age, that seems like a silly idea. I think I agree with that as well. Okay. Am I boring you? Yeah, definitely. How many Twinkies are you up to? Uh, Three. All right, I predicted six. So uh, I sort of cheated because immediately after I said we said that before, I texted Mrs. Manson and said, "Come take the Twinkies away from me," and she did. Yeah, she said she ate two thirds of one and started feeling sick. Yeah, you got that you white gotta fudge have... one is uh, it's potent, dense. dense. Yeah, it's potent. It's good. It's good. I'm glad. Chocodile. I'm telling you, it's a chocodile. It's not a Twinkie. Chocodile. You never seen those? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a chocolate dipped Twinkie. Okay, I. Never was a big Twinkie fan. Fudge rounds, Hostess cupcakes, I'm in. You look like a fudge round kind of guy. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, boy. There's one last thing I want to talk about, and then we have an email. Also, Bioshock Infinite is excellent. It's not really related to the first two games that much. Is that um, the game with a girl named Emily? Uh, Elizabeth, but okay, I was close. It's excellent. That game I enjoyed a lot. Right. That game has one of the best stories. People didn't like it. There were plenty of people online who were sort of postmodernistic about it and said, you know, poo pooed on it because they were had such these great expectations after the success of the, especially the first game. But I honestly think that third game, Infinite, completely different storyline. You don't have to play the other two to get into it. It's less of a horror game. Than the other ones, um, it really is 
a phenomenal piece of storytelling for the video game medium, I think. But that's just... Have you ever gone onto YouTube and just watched, like, all the cutscenes from a specific video game put together? So it's uh, it becomes it becomes like this little hour hour and thirty minute movie. I'm aware of it, but no, I haven't watched it. Do you enjoy the games where your actions alter the course of events? So you know the game Dishonored, depending on how you play it, changes how the game's going to end. Whether or not you choose to kill everyone or try to use stealth and not kill anyone, are, are you a fan of those kinds of games, or does it really it doesn't no. No, I'm not a big fan of stealth games. Because um, I, I always feel like in stealth games, I'm always waiting for the perfect perfect opportunity to do things right. And mm-hmm. much like you are a tranquilized bear in real life, I am a tranquilized bear in video games. And I just, I just feel like every single time I try to do something in a game like that, I'm just like the fattest fingered, sausage ankled idiot. Just like... I hope these guards don't see me. Oh, I fell down all the stairs. You know, like that's just mm-hmm. I just I cannot but play I'm, those I'm more games talking and feel about competent. The, I'm not necessarily talking stealth games so much as I'm talking the dynamic story games where you're Oh <clears throat> dynamic the storytelling. Choices, yeah, the choices sure. you make in the game alter Yeah, sure. Yes, that I'm aware of. Absolutely. A Skyrim, Oblivion, um, Skyrim maybe to a lesser extent, but like Fallout Three, mm-hmm. I had a, like six hundred well, different you know, endings. They kind of started the with they started with Fable. You know, Fable. I yeah, think, was sure. One of the first games that did that. Um, oh, I would argue it happened way before that, but maybe not on a that, scale. That, that was that, the first game I remember where you know your actions actually changed the way your character looked and all of those kinds of things. But <clears throat> regardless, um, there were let's see, going through my list here. Um, there's only one thing left I wanted to talk about and get your opinion on, and it might not be a big deal. Then we have one email, and then we can say our goodbyes for this edition of DDT Wrestling. We have a t-shirt. Buy the shirt! Um, Mrs. Manson is apparently down there buying two right now. I'm excited to hear it. I know Ant already bought one. Because we support each other in the NAI network. Did you buy one? Of his shirts? Of his shirts? Of course I did. And if I haven't, I'll be sure to do one right now. I bought two. <laughs> and wrap them in Twinkies. Um, John Cena. Sorry, Ant. No, we love you, Ant. I'm not a big fan of black t-shirts as a rule, but I will, uh, I will definitely be buying one of your shirts. I haven't actually bought any NAI shirts. The NAI shirt, no, and no, that's Ant, true. I, I bought just... one. Ant, I just want to say that DC will definitely be buying one of your shirts. I so will. Thank you. I will actually buy one of his shirts. And so will Doc. Someday when I have money. That's true. Doc <laughs> bought a house. Yeah, I'm an idiot, and I bought a house. <laughs> um, John Cena uh, got pinned twice in the span of eight days. And I would like to point out that those were... Unless he wrestled on SmackDown, and he probably did. Um, I don't know that for a fact. Mm. But... Those were his first two matches back from injury. Of his first three, because he had one... He fought Carl Anderson and squashed him like a grape. Did he? Yes. All right, I forgot that. That but. was the Raw from the week I was on vacation. He wrestled Carl okay. Anderson. Uh, but in his first three matches back, he lost. Now, the last time he lost on SmackDown, I believe, was 2009. That's the last time he got pinned or submitted on SmackDown. 
Um, but I went ahead because I have lots of time and I use it wisely. I went ahead and did some research. The last time um, John Cena was either pinned or submitted twice in that span of time was in October of 2010. Yeah. How did you go about finding that information? Uh, ProFightDB.com, which is the pro wrestling database. You can search for wrestlers. Now, this was, of course, televised. There was a period of time where he lost to Randy Orton on, like, 12 house shows in a row. In the, um, but you but can, those are house shows. Those yeah, are house shows. You can look up their match listing, and you can actually go back. I went all the way back to his debut match with uh, Kurt Angle. That's his name, Kurt Angle. But it was just interesting to me to go back and look. Oh yeah, Kurt Angle, that guy. That's another topic. I talked about it a little bit on the Pontificast. I, I can tell you love the idea that I have two. I started listening to the Pontificast. And I immediately heard Neat Nerd DC come on with Cult of Personality, and I immediately turned it off. Really? I really did. Like three seconds in. I listened to every word that you and your wife said. I appreciate every that word. very much. I appreciate that. You could not even get through the intro. I even found the Monty Python. Oh. I heard that part. I heard that. That was I all well and good. Literally, it's just, look at my feed, what do you see, the Pope of Positivity, and then I started the show. I stopped it in the middle of Pope. Eat your Twinkies. <laughs> Eat your damn Twinkies. So now you have DDT Wrestling, you have A Private Earful, you have the Pontificast, you have By the Book... And you have Molotov in the morning. Molotov in the morning, there's going to be a guest host. I am. How many podcasts is that, DC? Four, because I'm not going to be on Molotov in the morning. Five, because you are going to be on it every week. I'm not. You've got two... Why did you even need two shows for just yourself talking into a microphone? Couldn't One you just them, call that the same thing? Well, yes, but... One I, of them's about booking things, the other one... Is, yeah, I get it. Different topics. I get it. But you know what? I think... There's maybe a little bit of oversaturation happening in our podcast community right now. Uh, don't think you giving us two podcasts really helps. Well, I hope you buy a t-shirt. Because this is the last edition of DDT Wrestling. <laughs> but we're still going to do a private earful, right? I'm going to give you an earful. <laughs> um... Yeah, perhaps it was a little much. I'll say that. Perhaps it was a little much. But like Thanks. I said, like I now said... Now I want an apology. I want you to apologize to the entire DDT Wrestling locker room right now. Mrs. Manson, come here. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me, I gotta get the wording right. I gotta get the wording right. Let me think about it for a minute. Alright, all here we all go. Right. Uh, Alright. I apologize to my family... Friends and fans for my mistake in violating Doc Manson's podcast policy. No excuses. I own it. All right. There's your apology. That sounds almost like an apology that I can get behind. Now, if you could tell me where Zack Ryder's hiding, I will apologize to him and then I will go home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, John John Cena uh, lost twice in his first three matches, and I think we need to talk about the fact that that's a pretty big deal. Why? Because he does not lose... You know, people have talked about how he doesn't lose often, and it's true, he loses less than ten times a year, pretty much every year of his career save for one. Um, but at the same time, you know, the fact that in his first three matches back, he would lose to AJ Styles and then lose to Seth Rollins, I think, again, continues this trend. His career has taken a different trajectory in the last few years, and I think we need to honor that in a way, uh, because he is, you know, whether or not he defeats AJ Styles at Battleground, and more than likely he will, because that's how WWE does their booking, he's losing... On television, he's losing at pay-per-views. He is helping to establish new stars in this new era, um, and I appreciate it. You know, he could have come back and immediately gotten into the. You know, we could have seen him get into the uh, world title match and literally be a world champion heading into this draft and brand split. And I mean, with Roman Reigns getting suspended, like, that's the panic button, mm-hmm. right? It is. You kick him out of the triple threat match, you put John Cena in there instead, and then John Cena picks up one of those championships heading into the brand split. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, 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 have to, you have to applaud the fact that WWE showed some restraint, I guess, mm-hmm. and didn't do that. Well, and if you go back in... And look at his, you know, the number of losses over this period of years. Uh, the only time where he was only losing four or five matches a year were in those kind of interim periods where there wasn't a huge, you know, it was kind of in that time where Daniel Bryan and CM Punk weren't total stars yet, and you know, Triple H was kind of on his way out, so he needed to be forgive me Roman the guy because he was really the only guy going at that point um, and now that there is this cornucopia of talent surrounding him he's acting appropriately so like you said I, I echo the applause I, you know, it wasn't mentioned on any podcast that I heard and I thought it was worth mentioning um, do you have your emails up because um, our, our bestie I can from, pull it up real quick our bestie Here from the UK POV the PAV has this to say. Hey guys, it's your bestie, Pav, from the UK. Do you think, decades from now, that the period of August 2011 through July 2016, a period sandwiched between brand splits, will be defined as an era? And what would it be called and defined by? I feel, as we return to the brand split era, this past period will be remembered for WWE creating the Performance Center, redefining the way stars are made, the evolution of part-timers, with The Rock and Brock Lesnar's latest title reigns coming in this period, and the impact the creation of the network has had on kayfabe and the distribution of content. So, what do you guys think? Would you classify the near five-year hiatus of the brand extension as a specific era? And did this break from the brand split help long-term, in terms of taking a couple steps back to go forward? You can't deny how depleted the roster was in 2011, and how stronger it's become since. What about best moments? The Shield, the Daniel Bryan story, on the flip side, even the end of the streak, and the dawn of three-hour Raws. Personally, 
I think this period has been a transitional period for WWE, particularly Triple H taking over from John Laurinaitis having a huge impact on this in terms of recruiting indie talents and talent relations. The POV. That's at the P underscore A underscore V. So thank you for uh, the email. There's a lot to try to absorb in that email. Um, do you think we have experienced... Are we, are we at the end of an era? You know, yeah, the, the good era. He would call it the good era? Well, we're clearly at the end of it because it's all going to be crap from here on out. I'm really not invested in this idea of a brand split. Can you wow. tell? I can't. But at the same time, you're talking about how this potentially is going to make your life easier because now... If you only watch SmackDown, you're watching two hours a week, and then maybe you'll get to watch an extra pay-per-view. Because I imagine you're still going to watch the Raw pay-per-views, even if you're not watching on a week-to-week basis. So how does this make it easier? Because no matter which way you slice it, I'm still watching more content than I have to watch now. Yes, but you're not watching sizably more content. It's going to allow you... Perhaps, and I know that you watch wrestling differently than I do, but it's going to allow you to choose the brand that has the most talent that you really enjoy. So if, if in a perfect world, Stephanie and Roman Reigns are on Raw and Shane and Kevin Owens are on SmackDown, we're going to have more positive conversations because you're going to be talking about what happened with Shane and Kevin Owens, and you're not necessarily going to be talking about Stephanie McMahon week to week. I don't know. I bet you, at least for a while, I watch everything. Well, I would hope so, because it's going to make my life more difficult, because I'm going to have to explain storylines to you if we don't. Everyone's going to love listening to that on the air. Well, you know. Hey, we're very close. We have to do at this. We have to finish this show and do at least one more, because then we'll have hit the 40th. And didn't you say something about how most podcasts never make it to 40 episodes? It's true. Although, we've already made it to 40. Well, true, but I mean, like, yes, we've done... Oodles of shows, but oodles, oodles of noodles. Um, but so you think it's going to be the you would call it the good era? I don't know if I could name the era because yeah, I don't know. I mean, and a part of that's because I didn't watch. If we're talking August 11 to July 2016, I literally only watched half of it because the WWE Network came out in 2014, which is when I started watching again. So two and a half of those years. I didn't watch. I mean, when did the PG era end and the reality era begin? Because I know they are talking about it in that I think, way. I think if we're going to call this an era, it's going to be the reality era. We have well, I think the current era is, but I mean, that what's what he's asking, the premise of his question falls between eras, right? So he's talking about an era that would have been included in the PG era, right? Well, I don't actually know. When did they go PG era? When This is going to sound bad as the milestone for it, but when did the Benoit thing happen? 2008. Okay, so 2011 is well after that, so they're in the PG era for sure. And currently we're in the reality era. So I, I would say, and again, I wasn't... The period watching. he's suggesting straddles two eras I think as we classically I think I would them. call all of this the reality era. To me, the reality era begins when you've got a guy from a reality show beginning to wrestle. You have Tough Enough, and you have, I don't remember when that started. You have So when do you think that started? You have NXT. With Maven? Well, no, because that would be way too... But when, you know, I'm looking at NXT, when NXT began, because that was kind of what Tough Enough 
became um yeah so and that was before 2012 so i would say you know kind of we're in the reality era from 2010 onward was kind of we're full-blown reality era if it's also part of the pg era that's fine too but you know this is the era of social media which is going to be um sorry I thought Mrs. Manson had eaten all of your Twinkies, but it, I just think she stopped eating the Twinkies. Um, <laughs> you know, this is the era of social media. This is the era of the WWE Network. This is the area of this is the era of the pipe bomb. This is the era of the Yes Movement. All of those things have a basis in reality. I don't know how you can call it anything other than that. Well, when was the pipe bomb? Uh, six years ago. Okay, which is again we're talking 2010. I, you know, he's yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, then you could start calling that the reality era um, earlier than I think we traditionally. Oh, excuse me, that. five years ago, 2011. So June 2011 is the pipe bomb. So you know, okay. but again, I don't think the you know the eras don't have a definitive stopping and ending time. You know, you could say when Vince McMahon comes out at the beginning of Raw and does the cold reset. A lot of people call that the onset of the Attitude Era, but you could also call when Steve Austin came out and did his Austin 316 promo. You could also call that the beginning of the Attitude Era. You know, and when does what about the Monday Night War era? When did why isn't that considered? Pro? And when did the brand split really end last time? I know they maybe did make some sort of official announcement about it, but it ended at least a year or so before that because they were still having these separate pay-per-views, but people were just going back and forth between shows with no rhyme or reason, right? Mm -hmm. So to your point, there's not like there's a clearly defined boundary on these things as classically defined, um, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I So, to answer the question, uh, I would consider this to be the reality era, and... I'm trying to read... You know, did the break from the brand split help long-term... I don't know necessarily that it helped long term. Again, I you know not having watched, I don't know if I can be. I'll say we're in a good place right now, but I'm scared about where we're going to be a month from now. I st I mean, as strong as the roster is, I, I won't deny that. Um, I still don't know that we feasibly have enough people on this roster to sustain a brand split. I think we do. It'll be fresh. It'll feel good for a year. But I just don't know once you get past that. I'm hoping, and again, kind of one of the running themes of the show, my own expectations, I'm hoping that we get supplemental drafts every, you know, I don't want, because I remember the draft used to be, and now it's starting to become clear to me, once the rosters were already established, they were just kind of trading back and forth. So yeah, trading. So it wasn't five a, you know, people, six people. I, I would like to see a draft be more of all right. Twice a year, three times a year, Shane and Stephanie show up at NXT, or say we're going to draft a couple of people from NXT, or you know, and maybe you know, or maybe do something where we can each pluck one talent away from. You know, the other rosters, but at the same time, they can, you know, protect, you know, again, 
in the same vein as mainstream sports. I'll tell sports. you exactly why they're not going to do that is because they want the draft to be an event. So it's got to have more to it than just I'm going to pop in, grab a talent, trade a guy back and forth. It needs to be a big spectacle for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no way that they're going to do anything that's not a spectacle. I'm going to maintain optimism. I think that. But you know I'm right. You're going to maintain optimism, but you know I'm right. I fear that you're right. I don't know yeah. that you're right. I, again, this is the same group that did things before. You know, this is the same decision makers. So they could just repeat the exact, you know, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's do it the exact same way. But I'm hoping they change it enough to make it somewhat interesting to me. So I'm excited to see where the next few weeks and months go in WWE. Things will be different. And different in any sense is hopefully a good thing. And I feel like this show, this podcast, was a good thing. So let's end as we usually do. Uh, Give me your piece of positivity. What are you taking with you into the week, wrestling-wise? Well, I guess I'll just mention this here since we didn't really work in it anywhere else. Um, Lucha Underground this week. Uh, Prince Puma versus El Dragon Azteca Jr. I've heard... A lot of uh, praise for that match. Heck of a match. Vader loved it. Uh, Vader loved it. Heck of it. a match. A lot of flippy stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the reports that Prince Puma is done with the company at the end of Season 3? I think that's interesting. I was reading about their contracts, actually, and I think it's very strange because of the way they film and the way that they televise things. Um, So they're done filming season three now. Yes. And it will not finish airing until the end of 2017. Mm. Because of the way his contract is structured, he cannot appear on television for another promotion until after season three is finished airing. Wow. Or at least the episodes he's featured in. So in theory, he cannot appear on television. I don't know if that's just domestic or what, but he can't appear on television until... The end of a year and a half from now? Now, could they find a loophole in that? And again, you're not going to necessarily know because you don't have the contract in front of you. Technically, NXT isn't televised. Technically. Technically, it's on the network, but it's not airing on mainstream cable. So I wonder if they're going to be able to find that loophole and Ricochet, or whatever his name will be, will appear in NXT. Maybe. And for all I know, maybe he only appears in the first two episodes of season three. You know, I mean, we don't know mm-hmm. necessarily, but um, I just thought that was a really interesting thing to hear that their contracts were structured that way, given the odd airing schedule slash recording schedule that they keep. Yeah, um, it seems very strange to get yourself caught up in a contract that keeps you tied down in that manner as a performer mm-hmm. for that period of time. But regardless, the match was good, and you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Lots of good stuff in that show. And even um, Mil Muertes versus um, King Cuerno was also a pretty good match. I, um, some good stuff there. I enjoy King Cuerno a lot. Yeah. He's got one of the best dives outside the ring I think I've ever seen. He is an arrow. The Hunter's Arrow yes. or whatever it's called? Yes. Yeah. It's real good. Very good. He's real good. Um, I will go ahead and say, where are my notes? Oh, I threw them away. 
Uh, let's see. What was I... I had a bunch of stuff written. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. We didn't talk about it too much. Um, Alberto Del Rio came back. Russell John Cena beat him for the U.S. title. Everyone was excited. And pretty much as soon as that ended, he became terrible. Um, but I don't know why. I think it's just because of the C, 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 C thing. But he seems to be turning face, and I can't help but like it. I am excited for the potential for an Alberto Del Rio versus Sheamus match at Battleground, which is a very strange thing to say. But I, I, I'm enjoying the fact that he's kind of got the crowd behind him. I'm enjoying the way he is. You know, he's one of those guys like Randy Orton, and I've said it before, where he, when he cares, he's great. When he doesn't care, he's terrible. And right now he seems to be invested, and I hope that continues because he does have the talent to be a top-level guy on whatever brand he gets drafted to. Um, so I hope this keeps up. But I enjoyed that part of the tag match with uh, Cruz and Cesaro where he you know, tagged himself in by kicking Sheamus in the back of the head or whatever that was. I, I'm digging Alberto Del Rio right now, which I did not expect to. So... All right. Kudos to him. I'll give it to you. Mui, I don't. Mui BN. Mui. I don't have the same, you know, um, inherent disdain for Alberto that you've been exhibiting since his return. So yes, I'll give it to you. All right, I'll give it to you. Well, ladies and gentlemen. We are DDT Wrestling, and we couldn't be happier to be back on your airwaves. We could not be happier to have a t-shirt. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash New Age Insiders, you will find all of the shirts from the NAI Network. And I hope you consider, or actually, I don't hope you consider, buy the shirt. Just buy the shirt. I hope you buy the shirt. <laughs> Uh, it's a lovely color. Yeah, of validate myself. Validate I, me. People. It is an excellent. I designed this it thing. It is an excellent logo. Love it. Doc deserves more praise. <laughs> I do deserve more praise. I say that all the time. And and this is an excellent shirt. I appreciate that you uh, gave me what I believe is a Superman shirt. I sure Thank did. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the lab coat looks great. I had to explain to Mrs. Matthews what an eight bit image was. She thought it was just really small. So she was like, oh. you put your picture up on a t-shirt? And I was like, no. So I have to... Nope. When this is over, I will be going to show her our awesome shirt. The DDT Funky shirt, uh, it's going to sell... It's going to sell gangbusters. That's what I'm going to say. Clearly. It's going to sell... Gangbusters. Gangbusters. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, please, head, find us on iTunes, subscribe, check us out, uh, check out A Private Earful on the NAI Network. If you have emails... Uh, ddtwrestling at gmail.com I believe the website's still up ddtpod.com you can head there and uh, do whatever um, he's Doc Manson at Doc Manson I'm DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI Doc do you have anything left to say before we leave do- us a review on iTunes leave us a review on iTunes any new ones iTunes reviews really help people discover this podcast so take two minutes of your time go on to iTunes leave us a review and if you have two more minutes of time Tell two of your friends to listen to us this week. We would really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, besties. Yes, yes. Uh, if you do, and and if you have Ecto Cooler, send it Doc's way. If you have Ecto. Yes, Ecto Cooler. Uh, you get in touch. Let us know if you enjoy the Twinkies. Be sure to go out there. Uh, check out our Periscope. I don't even know what Periscope is, but 
now I've <laughs> technically been a part of it. <laughs> Let us know if you appreciate the one-sided Periscope because you can't hear me talk back. That's All right. That's why you got to come onto the podcast. Get the full experience. There you go. Uh, he's Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews. We'll see you around the neighborhood.